if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Allow me to explain. It's free, and we all love free stuff. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many more podcast platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. And since this isn't an official podcast deal, like, you know, it's every, you know, you upload it during the tournament. It's not like an official, you know, episode by episode basis. You can start it off like this, which is a bad intro, but we're just going to go with it. So, uh, yeah, all right. Uh, This is the Elite Eight preview program. We'll do a Final Four one later this week, I'm sure. We'll probably get a guest or two on that one. But, uh, you know, Sweet 16, there was, what, eight games I think we had the same picks, right? That's how it works. Yeah, we did. And we were terrible. four and four. Four and four. Terrible. I know that we went two and two each day. So not great. I mean, you know, what can you do? You know, you just, uh, you got, you, we, we got screwed by Loyola Chicago. They couldn't make a shot. Oral Roberts blew it. Villanova just, Villanova doesn't have the bodies to keep up with Baylor. And, uh, you know, I mean, we did get the Oral Roberts thing right, so I don't even know why I mentioned them. But uh, Houston, <laughs> I don't know why I was riding Syracuse. That was a stupid move. Um, I but, agree. You know, Oregon let me down, but I still think I, I still yeah. think that I won the Oregon thing because I had them winning against Iowa, which is a win for me. You had them winning one game because they didn't play their first one. Good I job. Had them winning the first one though, they would have won the first one. Good Let's job, be honest. Ducks. Okay, you think I guess Houston I guess we just forget up with them. You know, I think we forget how much Iowa doesn't play defense. And then when Oregon it goes out and yeah. scores 95 points, you think, oh, wow, that's that's they're hot. And then they actually play a defense, uh, long athletic uh, zone defense, and they couldn't do anything. They made a few runs, but. You know what my takeaway is from this tournament? And we're going to get into the games a little bit more in depth here, but my takeaway from this tournament is that the Big Ten has to adjust the way that they play. Like Michigan is fine because they play defense, but they're also pretty good offensively and they bring in high end talent. Like I think the Big Ten has to start getting those five star guys. And, and Juwan actually changes up the defense every once in a while. That's the thing, is like most of the Big Ten is just straight man to man. It doesn't matter. Yeah. And they run their players into the ground and they lose in March. Correct. That's literally what happened with almost everybody in the Big Ten. I think it, I don't think it happened to Illinois or Iowa just because, like Iowa, just they don't play defense, like you said. So yeah. nobody expected them to even make a run. Illinois just didn't adjust to anything, unsurprisingly. I don't even want to talk about them, but yeah. you know, unbiased. The sign behind me shows that I'm unbiased. But like, you know, Ohio State. I think Ohio State could be an example of being run into the ground, right? I mean, they couldn't make anything late in that game. Yeah, they just look dead against Oral, Oral Roberts. Oral Roberts is not a bad team. I mean, they no. took Arkansas to the wire. They're a 15 seed because they're in the summit, and they were fourth in the summit, and they had a pretty tough non-conference schedule that they didn't win games in. They should have beaten Arkansas. I mean, that's just the typical 15 seed, like Florida Gulf Coast. They keep up with everybody, but they have a tough time closing once the competition really gets better. Right. Like Ohio State had a bad game. I think Ohio State was a better team than Arkansas this year, but obviously the tournament shows differently. But, you know, as you can see, uh, the first game, Oregon State, what can you, you know? I think that they proved that Illinois should have played a zone against uh, Loyola. Yeah. Or at least tried to switch to one. Because Loyola had no answer, really. And and their shooting, Loyola's shooting was atrocious. So they use all their shots against Illinois. Right. right. Um, here's the thing. Oregon State has the length to play that type of a zone and be really good in it. They have a seven-foot center. They have bigger guards than most teams. They have Alatiche, who's large. Uh, you know, Ethan mm-hmm. Thompson's like 6'5 or whatever. They have the length to play that zone, and I don't really think that other teams did against right. them, at least. At least I don't think Georgia Tech. True. I mean, Georgia Tech's did run somewhat of that, but it didn't really work. And Illinois is too small to run that zone, I think, and be good at it. But it doesn't hurt to switch. You know, you're throwing the whole book at them, but it's a tiny book. It doesn't hurt to try. (laughs) And you got to think about this. Ethan, uh, not Ethan Thompson, uh, Jared Lucas literally had 7 million points in high school. So 
he can shoot. It's impressive. Like he he had so many points in high school. Like I think he had like almost four thousand points in high school. Wow. So he can shoot. You know. He also has that weird facial hair, so you got to support him. Uh, Baylor, like I said, Villanova didn't have the bodies to keep up with Baylor. Yeah. Um, Baylor didn't shoot well at all in that game, and they still won by double digits and held Villanova to 51. Uh, you know, you were texting me during the game doubting the Bears. I just I, I can't do that. So <laughs> it, 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 was, uh, it was closer than what I thought it would be. But like you know, Villanova has good players still, and they still have really good coaching. True. So they're gonna stay in a game. Like they were winning at the half, yeah. And then they had what? How many points did they have in the second half? Like twenty-one or something. Yeah, I think that's so. pretty bad. Yeah, you can't do that and win. Uh, Arkansas, like I said, Max Asmus, who some people are calling him Asmus. Which one is it at this point? I mean, I'm confused. <laughs> I think it's Asmus. I think it's Abmus, and I think everybody's just completely lost it. Okay. <laughs> um, he almost made that three. I mean, that was really close. Yeah, I, I mean, they they had a chance, and that's that's all you can ask for as a 15 seed, you know. And Arkansas Shot. did their best to take away Asmus and O'Banner, and they kind of did for a little bit. And mm-hmm. uh, Oral Roberts was still winning because other guys stepped up. Jurgens yeah. or Jorgens, whatever his name is. Played pretty well, but you know, typical 15 seed, they're gonna hang around, but they're gonna have trouble once they play a top three seed, other than Ohio State, who just I don't know what the hell happened to them. <laughs> um, the final game was not even close. I mean, TBS was broken during this game for me, so I missed a lot of the game. Yeah. I don't know what the hell happened. Uh, but Houston you didn't miss much. Too athletic, too good defensively uh, against Syracuse. Buddy Bayheim finally went cold. Well, they took him away too. Like he he had zero chance of getting past any of those defenders. He was still chucking up shots though and missing them. They were bad looks. He was being stifled. That's what Houston <laughs> could do. Dijon Giroud just dominated him. True. Do you think there was any chance? Did you think at any point during that game that Buddy Bam would be able to dribble past one of the Houston defenders? No. Exactly. They they You're killed right. him. And Houston was a terrible uh Syracuse. Or Houston was a terrible matchup for Syracuse, and my dumbass should have thought that going into it. I mean, I was just riding the, like you know, with Oregon and USC. Well, same thing, that? except this is even more extreme because, like, Syracuse just they don't have the strength or the athleticism to come anywhere close to uh, to Houston and their best players too. Like Buddy Beheim doesn't scream athleticism to me, and uh, he hmm. had trouble. Joe Girard, same thing. Alan Griffin is just one of the worst players in in the in the ACC. I mean, just embarrassing. He comes into that game. They're running the zone. He overplays in the zone, comes up to the perimeter, and there's just a guy in the corner wide open, pass to the guy in the corner who Griffin should be covering because it's a 2-3 zone. He's playing the right side in the corner. Three goes in. Next possession, Griffin takes it, air balls three. Bayheim talks to him, takes him out. See you later. That was bad. (laughs) I mean, that was was bad. There's only a couple players really showed up. I think Gary hit some nice shots for Syracuse. But other than that, it wasn't close. Uh, You know, that offense just – couldn't keep up with a team that uh, actually can defend. Right. But the I ACC agree. sucks anyway. So the ACC is real bad. Yeah. Is there anybody left? Nope. Uh, Florida, Florida State's State the got last beat. One, yeah. um, and I think it. I think I saw somewhere it's the first time the ACC hasn't had a team in the lead eight uh, in in a very long time. I don't know the exact number. It might be forever. I mean, if, if it was ever going to happen, this would have been the year that it would have happened. Yeah, absolutely. Duke wasn't in. North Carolina was a uh, an eight seed. Villanova is not in the ACC, so I don't know why I said that. <laughs> um, so you've got three Pac-12 teams left, okay? Yeah. One SEC, one American Athletic, one Big 12, one West Coast, one Big 10. Just so stupid. I don't even know how, how this is like. Four, team, four teams from the West Coast, too. Yeah. And I think one of them is probably going to win it all. Gonzaga, probably. Oh, uh, that was a transition you're... right there. Gonzaga. I, you with somebody I thought Gonzaga did not play well in this game, and they won by eighteen. So yeah. I didn't we'll get, get to watch it. I mean, I know it was close for for a little while, but uh, well, yeah. Gonzaga had Gonzaga's... like thirty-one points at the under eight. So they just do what they do, and and after and like I listen, I listened to the guys afterwards and stuff, and. They just talked about how good Gonzaga's shot selection is. I mean, and I think it was it was the game after. I think they were talking about Florida State and how bad their shot selection was. 
And it was like watching, you know, like girls basketball compared to boys or something. I think is what they said. That's a little far. Um, so I'm just saying that's what they said, dude. I didn't say it. They said it. Yeah, I know. I'm just saying. Okay. You know, a little over there. Right. But um, right. my women's bracket is elite. So um, <laughs> Gonzaga has won. Fun fact, I tweeted this earlier. Gonzaga has won 162 of the last 175 games. That. That's crazy. LOL. Yeah. And I bet most of those have been by double digits, to be honest. Yeah. Like, they've won 26 in a row in double digits. And the one game they didn't win in double digits this year was West Virginia. They won by six. They had 87 points. So, you know, that's the way it goes. But they turned the ball over a lot in this game, more than they usually do. They were, like, really bad from three. Here's the difference. They were 70% from two. So, um, they just do what they want, you know. And the fact that their fourth-best player – hits a lot of shots and had a triple double this season kind of shows you, you know, where they're at. And I <laughs> I do think if there was a team in the West region, that was the worst matchup for them. It's USC. So can USC stay within single digits? That's really what I'm thinking about. That's, this whole that's thing. the question. I think it's going to so, be a good game. I mean, well, you could think be. that and then Gonzaga wins by 30. We just yeah, don't know. True. Very true. USC doesn't uh, show up. Yeah, I think the biggest blowout, even though I know Houston was was pretty dominant, uh, Michigan just – Florida State never had a chance. It didn't matter. I know we, you didn't like the officiating, uh, yeah. but it didn't matter. I mean, it, it, Michigan's a lot better than Florida State. Another one that I overthought. Florida State was, was really, really bad. Um, and it seemed like every time they would start to do something, the refs would call a – crazy charge call and just completely take away momentum. But, you know, it is what it is. You still lose by 20, whatever. And it's, it's not the rest all that much. So um, I'll admit to that. I was always worried about Florida state shooting that, that hurt them. Yeah. I think their defense is good. They're athletic, but, and they're young. They got some young players. Scotty Barnes did not have, you know, the type of season that I think a lot of people thought he would. Um, so I was always worried about that. That's just a game I overthought. And I'm not picking against Michigan because I'm a quote-unquote hater of Michigan. Like, I picked them to win in the first and the second round. Everyone thought LSU would beat them. I didn't. So now I'm picking against them in this one, and I'm an idiot. And maybe I'm going to pick against them in the Elite Eight, so we'll see. Uh, so UCLA just uh, beats Alabama. I think Alabama at the free throw line is what killed them here, right? I mean, 11 oh, 20, yeah. that's horrible. Terrible for Herb, for a Herb team. Jones of, looked like he'd never shot one before. For Two a for team seven. of shooters, I don't know how he can be that bad at the free throw line. Herb Jones, yeah, they, free were, they were what five of twenty seven of twenty nine from three too. Yeah, so. but they made the one from half court. You know, it's a whole big thing. Yeah. Logo. <laughs> that was Great. March roll that. tide for roll tide for about five seconds, and then they just got dominated. I, I do wish that he would have missed that. So we could trade that for Asmus hitting that one at the buzzer. That would have been way better. <laughs> that would have been sweet. But, True. Um, uh, and I saw, you know, we were talking about the foul. I was talking about with friends and I think you too, but um, fouling when you're up three, uh, I did hear um, UCLA say that they were afraid that they'd catch him in the act of shooting. Um, that's why they didn't foul. I mean, it was a tough, like the way that Alabama played that did make it pretty hard to foul. Well, I don't know why UCLA wasn't up on them, but it, it all is for not. But I mean, you know. that was they. Did, it's not like they gave them a wide open look right behind the three point line. Like right. that was a tough shot to hit, and they went in. Right. And, you know, and, and and Mick said it was on him, and he he thanked his players for bailing him out for making a terrible decision. So you know, Mick Cronin's got to be one of the better stories the last few years. Everyone hated that hire. Yeah. And I think he's changed the way they wanted to play. The problem with Steve Alford at the end of UCLA was nobody wanted to give effort defensively. And right. now Mick Cronin has kind of taken a mix of we're not going to overrun players and be super tough type teams like you had at Cincinnati. We're going to play defense and we're not, we're going to be smart about it. We're not going to be insane defensively like his teams usually were at Cincinnati. So, I mean, he's done a good job. I don't think anybody saw them in the Elite Eight. So, yeah. You know, I just uh, yeah, I like when impressed. people are everybody wrongs about everybody's wrong about a hire. That's always a fun one. But um, <laughs> you know, USC was a little too much for the Ducks to handle. A lot of length. They made shots. They I think I, I do think Oregon, much. Oregon would have had a chance in this game 
had they played better defense. And I think they if they if USC wouldn't hit so many shots, Oregon was in the game. Like yeah, Oregon was USC for a while there couldn't miss. Um, it, it, they were they were crazy good, and and uh, Oregon made some runs, and then you know they go on a nine zero run, and then USC would just put it away. Yeah, Tajidi dagger. Yeah, they were coming back late. Uh, Tajidi still... was hot, and they and I think you said that that if Tajidi is is scoring then this team is even scarier. So Yeah, I mean I I did I did I that's proper credit. I did say that. Yeah. <laughs> I said he's the X factor because if yeah. Mobley's gonna get his, Isaiah Mobley's probably gonna get his. If Tajidi starts shooting well, I don't know who's gonna beat him other than Gonzaga. And Gonzaga yeah. probably will beat him, but we'll get into that later. Um so I don't think the gap between Oregon and USC is that big. Like I think Oregon has better guards, um, but they're just so much smaller. I mean they beat him by 20 twice. Yeah, but they got off to a 16 nothing start in that game. Like, there's no rebounding from that. True, true. So, like, you know, I still – I'm very happy with the way the Ducks played. They they had me for a couple rounds, uh, you know, write about them beating <laughs> Iowa. I think a lot of people were like, beating VCU. well, Altman teams – okay. VCU dub they got. They beat, UC, uh, they beat VCU one nothing. <laughs> there you go. Uh, oh, I think a lot of people were thinking, you know, Dana Altman teams win in March – but can they beat Iowa? You know, Luca Garza, all this stuff. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to believe in my guys. And I just took it a step too far. Everybody does that. <laughs> like just a round too far. And yep. I did that. So, uh, yeah. you know, it is what it is. Let's talk about coaching real quick before we get into some other stuff from the Sweet 16. So Mike Woodson gets hired at Indiana. And this – and I know I said I like it when people are wrong about hires, about the mid-current hire. This is probably the worst hire of all time. I mean, seriously, it's horrible. Number one, he's never coached in college. Right. Great, he was good in the NBA. You know how much different the lifestyle is in the NBA as a coach compared to college? Number three, the program's a complete disaster. So everyone's saying, oh, this is like Jawan Howard. They're going the Jawan Howard route. Beeline left the program in good shape. Right. When the, Indiana's a mess. Indiana's biggest mistake was firing Tom Crean. I feel like they had to make a hire, though, so they could try to retain some of the kids that entered the portal. Right? I mean – you you had to. You think Mike Woodson's got the cachet to keep I don't, guys around? I don't, I don't know. Think so. I've never seen Mike Woodson talk a day in my life, so I have no idea. Well, he played under Bobby Knight, so you got yeah. that. You got that going for you. He was the head coach of the Knicks and the Hawks. He did a pretty good job with both of those teams. I um, saw uh, Trace Jackson Davis uh, tweeted out the um um emoji. So that's that's never good when your star player is. Yeah, as an as an Illini fan, you know, and a totally unbiased person, I think personally Trace Jackson Davis should leave, but that's just me. Yeah, Um, I'm not concerned. NBA or just transfer? Eh. Uh, G League. Yeah, he's not an NBA player. Give me a break. Um, If he's an NBA player, I'm an NBA player. Uh, So (laughs) yeah, you guys uh, are very comparable. I agree. I'm like the (laughs) same height, so it's close. yeah, I, I probably went over the line a little bit by saying worst hire ever, but it's pretty bad. I mean, I don't understand this hire at all. Uh, it makes no sense to me. I think you got it. Does not make any sense. You got to get. I, I think you're right. Good. Everybody's like, "Well, look at Jawan." Yeah, not, it's completely it's different. Not, I mean, Jawan. I'm not trying to take credit away from Jawan because I think he's done a good job, like keeping it afloat and getting even better. Yeah. Um. So he could have easily just gone in there and just been like, "We're already good, so let's just." see what happens but they've done a good job there they've recruited really well um you know whether that's fair or cheating or not i doubt it i don't know if they find anything then, you know whatever happens happens but um i definitely think that you got to get someone with ties to the program like if they can get a former indiana guy that's like actually coached in college i think oh, that would man. be better yeah um i mean i think this hire is going to come down to whether he puts a good staff around him or not yeah, and they Thad Mod is already getting signed on, right? He's like the associate so, AD in charge of basketball. getting the staff. Yeah, something like that. That'll be um, good probably, but you got to get guys that can recruit and that can right. relate to the players. Get a young guy with a big name, like someone who maybe played in Indiana. Like, you know, Victor Oladipo is playing for the Heat. They're going to be knocked down the first round. Bring him on, um, <laughs> even though he's like 27 years old and he's a star in the NBA. Bring him on. For the summer, and, and I, I mean, I guess the the craziest thing about it is that 
he signed a six-year contract, right? Like, yeah, he's sixty-three years old, by the way. Yeah, very inspiring and hire. By so the way, when they buy him out in three years, and it costs him forty more million dollars or whatever, because I'll tell you this right now: if UCLA would have lost that game to Michigan State, I would say they're the most overrated program in the country. But it's Indiana. I mean, my God, they haven't been anything for years. They got to a few Sweet Sixteens with Tom Crean, then fired him, and then got Archie Miller, who's a blithering idiot. Um, and that didn't work. So <laughs> swing and a miss there. Stupid moves. Yeah. It's all, you know, Bobby Knight is the only guy that has done anything there in the last 40 years. And we got to act like, well, there's still a great program, even though they're at the bottom of the Big Ten and haven't made the tournament in like five years. Still a great program. One, one, sure. of, the, one of the best programs, right? Yeah. Uh, so the Texas job opening, I think we talked about that already. Mm-hmm. Um, Mike Boynton getting a seven-year extension at South uh, South Carolina, Oklahoma State. He is an alum of South Carolina, so Frank Martin would have left South Carolina or been fired. He might have been a guy to go there, maybe go to Texas. But I'm very curious to see what happens with this Texas job. I think it's going to be like a, I think it's going to be a first-time head coach that played there, like okay. Royal Ivy, who's an assistant for the Brooklyn Nets. This would be. Basically the same thing as Mike Woodson, except he's way younger and doesn't yeah. have any coaching experience in the NBA. But still, Kevin Durant wants him to go there, and Kevin Durant probably has a lot of cash in Texas. Yeah, I'm, I'm guessing that he he can help make decisions with that. So I, mean, I think that'd be a higher for them. I think they should take Brad Underwood, but that's just <laughs> me. I mean, uh, I've been spreading that rumor to everybody, so I'm hoping it's getting out there. There's a point two percent chance that it happens, and you know I do want him to stay. So, yeah, I agree. Unless he doesn't come in the pot. If he doesn't come in the pot, he can go. But that's a whole, whole different sure. thing, you know. Yeah. So, all right, uh, let's get into the. Let's see. Uh, we'll talk about eh, some of these topics are stupid. Um, <laughs> some of these are bad. Let's rank the remaining eight coaches. This should be fun. Okay. So I wrote them down, and I'm just going to do this once again with the pen. This will be easy. There's only eight. There's 32 players last time. Okay, so I'm just going to do this real quick here. Top of my head. Good. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Nope, that's overrated. Nope, nope. All right. Okay. Got it. All right, here we go. We're going to go from eight to one, I guess. Okay. Who's your number eight coach? Andy Enfield. Me too. He did a great job of Florida Gulf Coast. He was the head coach of Dunk City. He's done a good job, but. I think no I think he has so much talent that, it, you know, I can. He recruited the that. talent, though, you know, so. Yeah, helps. I agree, but that's who I'm going with. Recruiting does not matter during the tournament except for the players that you recruited, so. Exactly. Recruiting skills don't have anything to do with it if you already have the player. Anyway, number seven. Uh, you're probably not going to agree with this, but maybe you will. Eric Musselman is who I'm going with the seven. I went with Juwan Howard. Wow. The shade. John, Juwan Howard was your favorite coach all year. There's and now eight, he's number seven left in the lead eight. eight coaches left, and there's a lot of good coaches. Okay. And right. I just feel I like, you know, he's a good coach. I, none of these coaches are bad. Yeah, true. Number six. I went with Mick Cronin. I went with Wayne Tinkle. I think he's done a really good job. Not working with a ton of talent. He probably would have gotten fired if they didn't make the tournament. Yeah, so, and and you're putting him at six. Okay, six. Yeah, number five. Are you dog? Uh, number five. I went with uh, Kelvin Sampson. I went with uh, Mick Cronin. At number five. Okay. I just talked him up, but five is fair. Number yeah. four. Number four. I went with Juwan. I hate your guts, Howard. Alrighty, I went with Eric <laughs> Musselman at number four. Uh, the fact that he's already done this much at Arkansas, I mean, it's pretty True. good. True. And uh, he left a good situation that he had in Nevada to go to Arkansas. And I think that Arkansas and Alabama are going to be the teams to beat for Kentucky when Kentucky's good again next year. Because everybody knows Kentucky's going to be a one seed next year, so you can just lock that down. Um, so that's not true at all. Number three, mail it. Number Number three, three. I got Wayne Tinkle. The fact that, that 
that Oregon State was down 16 in the Pac-12 tournament to UCLA, goes on to win that game, win the tournament. Now all of a sudden they're in the Elite Eight. Yeah, I mean, you know, their That's route has been their route's been pretty hard to actually for double digit seed. I mean, Tennessee's not good, but yeah. Oklahoma State, I guess Loyola Chicago's good. So uh number three is who you just had, Wayne Tingle, I Kelvin Sampson. I don't know what the hell, right? He he's really done a good job there. Like that program was atrocious when he got there. Yeah, yeah. And he now he's got athletes and athletes shooters. With an so. A. I'm assuming we have the same two and one. Yes, obviously. Scott Drew, the two, two best Mark teams. One. Yeah, two best teams. Yep. Yeah, I mean, Mark Few has hasn't lost a game since last season, so which was a close one to BYU, and uh, you know that happened. I mean, if you win 162 of your last 175 games, you should probably get some recognition for that, and. Uh, yeah, Scott Drew's taking a Baylor program that was in the dumps to where they are now. Pretty good. It's been impressive by both of them, honestly. Yeah, I mean, they rhyme to Few and Drew. So Few <laughs> versus Drew for the national title. I think I wrote, wrote True to you. Yeah, exactly. So, all right. Take care of this. Yeah, I will I will transition this perfectly. Um, so here's the thing. We're going to rank the remaining players, leading scorers from each team on here, okay? So I'm going to do that now off the top of my head. All right. I just did that, okay? So when he gets back, we'll do that. But let's talk about uh, what has stood out to me in this tournament. Okay, here's what stood out to me. Every conference other than the Pac-12 is apparently fraudulent. Um, you know, the, the Big Ten getting one team in the Sweet 16, the Big East getting, what, two? The Big East doesn't surprise me that they got two. I mean, I didn't think Villanova would get in. I thought Creighton had a pretty good chance at it. Um you know the 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 big thing with the Big Ten is not not only was it matchup issues, it was also um, the grind of a twenty game season in that conference can just kill a team, and I think that happened for a lot of the Big Ten teams. I think Illinois ran into a tough Loyola Chicago team that executed perfectly and had a game plan that worked. I think Iowa ran into a team that can score when Iowa doesn't play a ton of defense. I think. Ohio State just had a horrible game against a very good 15 seed that took advantage of that horrible game. Um, who else is in the Big Ten? Purdue was flat. North Texas outplayed them, and then North Texas got ran out of the building by Villanova. Uh, so that wasn't, you know, good. Rutgers probably should have been in the Sweet 16. They blew that game big time against Houston, and uh, that was bad. But they got to round two. Maryland beating UConn was a surprising one for me. I thought UConn was a team that could really do some damage, uh, but they didn't. And Maryland took advantage, but Maryland just got beat up, I would say in a word. Beat up by the uh, the squad from uh, Alabama. And then Michigan State blew that game. Michigan State just didn't have the horses. And now Michigan remains. Will Michigan make it to the Final Four? We'll find out because we're going to do our predictions here soon, plus talk about the games tonight and tomorrow. And do, do people out there like the fact that the Elite Eight is on a uh, Monday and a Tuesday? That's a little weird to me. I think Saturday, Sunday was a pretty good window for the Elite Eight as I go full screen as we wait for him to return. It's really hard to transition or uh, stall, I would say, for this long uh, especially on a program such as this, it's a it's a difficult you know deal. I guess. Um, yeah, my bracket, official bracket behind me. Thoughts on that, folks? My hair keeps getting ridiculous, more and more ridiculous every day. So that's the thing. My shirt keeps coming down. Jesus, just gotta go like this now. How about that? Um, so. If you have any questions, now would be the time to ask. I can answer them because we're not doing anything right now. So, 
throw them over here if you got them. Am I right? <laughs> I'm really bad at stalling, if you haven't noticed. Like one of the worst of all time at it. So, you know, my bracket's not good. 45 points through three rounds, eight back of the lead. Not ideal. I think I have two Elite Eight teams, I think. So, yeah. Holding Some it really, down. Holding it really down bad stalling by me. I That's all right. My bad, dude. Sorry. All right, here we go. We're going to rank the eight leading scorers on each team. Okay. And I already wrote mine down. So, here we go. Oh, good. You don't have to do it off the cuff this time. Huh? Number eight. Number eight player right now i'm going with johnny jazang that's probably a terrible pick but that's who i'm going with number eight i went with johnny jazang ucla okay. not terrible very pick. good at kentucky last year but yeah he had a little bit of an ankle injury against michigan state he fouled out fouled last out night last so i'm night, not so yeah. sure you know how good he is we'll see yeah number seven number seven i got ethan thompson of oregon state i also have ethan thompson i think he's very good he can create his own shot. He can score off the dribble, all that stuff. He does it all, but there's a lot of good guys on this list. Number yes, six. There are. Uh, I went with Quentin Grimes of Houston. That is criminal. I went with Hunter Dickinson. <laughs> okay. Uh, Dickinson yeah. is not even the best player on his own team. Okay. Franz Wagner is the best player in Michigan. Thank you. Um, so there you go, number five. I took Hunter Dickinson. <laughs> so. Okay. Sorry, I was one Moses off for Moody. you. My bad. My Moses bad. Moody. Okay. Moses Moody, Arkansas, big-time stud, but a good defensive team like Baylor with guards that defend as well as they do. Don't know. Don't know how he's okay. going to play. Right. Uh, number four. Number four, I went with Jared Butler of Baylor. I also went with Jared Butler. So uh, Jared Butler's great. I think his defense is slightly overrated a little bit. Because I think Macy Oteague and Davion Mitchell have been much better defenders this season than him. I agree. Um, but still great. And he he did struggle to shoot well against uh, whoever the hell they played that I forgot about Villanova. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, not not great for him. But, he, you know, he's a great player overall. Uh, number three. Uh, number three, I went with Moses Moody of Arkansas. Okay. Uh, I went with Quentin, Gr- Quentin Grimes okay. of uh, Houston. Makes threes defends really well like he was knocking balls out of Syracuse players hands left and right in that game and then getting called for horse s fouls like so there's a foul where he knocked the ball out pretty cleanly and they called a foul like that's terrible yeah um but he's a really good two-way player he's developed there what do you expect exactly that's how it is it's a ref show every other game i'm sure we'll have at least one ref show tonight but um you know he's developed how he would have developed at kansas like i think he would have been this good at kansas if he stayed there but you know he's the, he, he's now the go-to guy at Houston. Would he have been that at Kansas? I don't know. Uh, yeah. Number two. Number two, I got uh, Corey Kispert. I also have Corey Kispert, uh, best report here in the country. Thank you. And then number one's got to be Evan Mobley. You know, right? I mean, just come on. Yeah, it's not absolutely. fair. Uh, best player in the Pac-12. Best freshman. What do you get? Like every award in the Pac-12. So pretty much, yeah. And he's lucky that Chris Duarte didn't play full season. So yeah. I mean, he's also lucky that Drew Timmy's not leading short for Gonzaga because he'd be number one. <laughs> True. That's not, but you know, <laughs> I had to say it. Um, all right, let's see. I guess we can go into the matchups uh, for these two games tonight and tomorrow. And uh, my first one is a matchup card, Houston and Oregon State. Oh, look at that. That is at 6.15 Central, 7.15 Eastern tonight on CBS at Lucas Oil Stadium. What do you think about this game? We're not going to make predictions just yet, but what do you think about this game? Uh, I, I really think that Houston's going to win this by double digits. I think that Oregon <sighs> State's luck has ran Complete out. Complete disrespect to Wayne Tinkle. I believe Jesus. that I believe their luck has ran out. It's been a good ride, Beavs. I love you. I would love to see him win. I'm just saying, from what I think, not 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 with my heart, with my hot with my head. I got to say, Houston is going to win this game running away. We are going to make picks. I'm just going to do it. Um, okay. 
Oh man, I've been disrespecting Houston pretty heavily in this you tournament. Have. Um, same with Oregon State, really. I mean, this is the ultimate <laughs> me disrespecting them. <laughs> this is your disrespect bracket right here. Uh, so you know, uh, I do think the Pac-12 is going to get a Final Four team. So who's that going to be? We'll find out. But I think Houston wins this game. I would say around eight points is what I would guess. Okay. I don't think Houston's going to have as many issues as Loyola Chicago did against Oregon State's zone if they run that. Yeah. Um, and I think that Houston has the bodies to keep up with Oregon State underneath because they have, you know, Roman Silva's a seven-footer and Alatiche's a, a big a big dog, as they say in the business. Um, so, you know, Houston has the length. They have the athleticism. And I think that they're so good defensively that they can just take away any of the scores that Oregon State goes to. I think that's how good they are defensively because they have Quentin Grimes is a very good defender. He can take uh, Ethan Thompson or Jared Lucas. And then Dejan Giroux is literally the ultimate, I'll take away your best score if your best score is above six foot five player, which is what Buddy Bayheim was. And he was taken away swiftly by Giroux. And Giroux wasn't even, he was hurting badly in that game against Rutgers and he still took away Ron Harper Jr. basically. So, I mean, he's going to be able to take somebody away. So I don't think Oregon State's going to have the scoring to keep up, unless it's Beavs magic and they make everything. Which I, I think it's. True. I think at some point it's got to run out, and I think that's tonight. Never underestimate Houston. the Beaver. I try not to, but you know you got to. Uh, number two, <laughs> we have Baylor and Arkansas, eight fifty-seven p.m. Central, Lucas Oil, CBS once again. Um, like I said earlier, I think Baylor is too good defensively to lose this game. Uh, yeah, I'm going to have to agree with that. Um, I, I, is Baylor going to have a hiccup game? I don't know, but it's going to have to be a heck of a hiccup for Arkansas to, to, to win. The hiccup game was the first half against Villanova. Yeah. And the first 10 minutes against Hartford I mean, where they were bad. I mean, I can't like, like, like Gonzaga has been dominant. I don't feel like Baylor has been as dominant. So Baylor so was dominant me. until their COVID pause. No, I'm saying in the tournament. Yeah, I, Gonzaga. Gonzaga is like there's no beating them ever. <laughs> right. I think they're going to win the title. I'm pretty sure. I'm also thinking that we're going to get a Baylor Gonzaga title. Thinking that more and more. And I think tonight's going to show that because, you know, if Baylor can when shoot Baylor's, When from, Baylor's down five, I'm going to text you, ha-ha. And then okay, you're going to be like, never that. never doubt the Bears. Or Just like I said about the Ducks. Silly like that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Arkansas is the type of team where they don't start playing until they're down double digits. And sure. you can't do that against Baylor. No. Like they did it against Oral Roberts. They did it against Colgate. They did it against Texas Tech, kind of, I guess. I don't remember that game. That game even happened. I don't remember. That's like Yeah, Texas game Tech missed completely... blue two layups to win yeah. the game. Yeah. Too bad they didn't have Demari Burnett. Maybe they would have made him. Yeah. But anyway. And that's the thing. Arkansas has been struggling. So They haven't, like, dominated any The thing is, is this the game where they stop struggling? No. Okay. <laughs> because Baylor has such good defenders that I don't know how Arkansas is going to be able to score a ton. True. I think Baylor holds True. them under 60, to be honest. That's how good I think Baylor is. Okay. I don't know who's going to match up against Moses Moody, but if it's Macy Oteague, then good luck. He's going to take you away. Davion good Mitchell luck. will do the same to anybody else. And here's the thing. Arkansas is at their best when they have Smith playing the five, and he's an undersized five. Baylor has the perfect lineup to defend that because they have Mark Vidal who can defend the five if that guy's playing the five. If Baylor – Baylor will be at their best and take this game over tonight when they have – Davion Mitchell, Jared Butler, Macy Oteague, Matt Meyer, and Mark Vidal in the lineup. That's how they'll take this game over tonight. So when you see that happening, make sure to, uh, you know, credit me on Twitter when you tweet about it, folks out there. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, we are we both going Baylor and Houston? I think so, yeah. So, so we're, bound, we're bound to get one of those wrong because that's we're running I, at about 50%. So. I think we're going to go a different way with, with tomorrow's games. You think? Here we go. Uh, All right, Gonzaga, USC. Tomorrow, TBS, 615. Lucas Oil, 
Hopefully my TBS actually works so I can watch Gonzaga wipe the floor <laughs> with USC. I mean, this is going to be a single-digit game. I'm pretty sure. I think Gonzaga wins by about seven, but it'll be close. I think Gonzaga is going to have some problems. But here's the thing with Gonzaga. Corey Kispert really hasn't shot that well in this tournament, and they haven't even blinked. I mean, it hasn't mattered. If he actually has a game where he's, when he hits five or six threes, they're going to win by 40. I mean, that's yeah. kind of how it goes. And Suggs can facilitate. The fact that they have Nimhard, Suggs, and Ayayi together mm-hmm. is like the perfect mix because they can all do things on both sides. They're athletic. They can shoot. I mean, it's just it's it's not fair. And they have depth. You're right. Like their depth isn't as good. Like they don't have a six and a seven off the bench as good as Baylor, but their depth plays so well for them. Anton Watson, Aaron Cook, uh, the other guys that I forget the names of. I mean, come on. And when this team has uh, Hunter Salas and Chet Holmgren next year and probably Drew Timmy, they're going to go undefeated again. And it's a never-ending cycle of undefeated. I mean, it's so stupid. But, you know, credit to them. They're not a big university, so give them props for being as good as they are. What do you think about this game? You think Evan Mobley is going to be able to – win this game for I, USC? I think that USC has the best shot. I agree. I think anybody. this is the worst. This is the worst case scenario, but it's yeah. not that bad of a scenario for Gonzaga. Yeah. Like I, I think Kansas I think would, Gonzaga Kansas is going to win it. But I think USC has a chance, an outside chance. Look at the top, chance. look at the top 7 seeds in this region. Gonzaga beat Iowa, Gonzaga beat Kansas, Gonzaga beat Virginia. They obviously didn't play Creighton until yesterday. They beat them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Oregon would not have been able to keep up with Gonzaga. So no. USC's length, I think, can keep them in this game. But I feel yeah. like we say this a lot at this point, and it's probably not going to matter. And Gonzaga won by 20. But, hey, you know, <laughs> it is what it is, I guess. Uh, it should be interesting, though. I think this will be a close game. It'll be one of those games where it's like a three- or four-point game of the half. And you're like, oh, boy, Gonzaga. Hope, yeah. And then they'll come I'm out hoping and take it's the game good. Over. Yeah, Gonzaga might win it by 20, but I'm hoping Gonzaga wins, continues to win, so everyone shuts the hell up about their conference. That's what I need to happen (laughs) here. And, uh, you know, the fact that they've won 162 of 175 games is, uh, you know, something that has to be mentioned five times in this show because of how insane it is. But, you know, we'll see. Uh, So we're going Gonzaga in that one. Here's one where we could have a, you know, a little bit of a difference. I don't know. 857 (laughs) tomorrow night, TBS. Lucas Oil Stadium, Michigan, UCLA. Not John Wooden's UCLA team and not John Beeline's Michigan team, but a different era. One guy's bald and the other guy's not. One guy played in the NBA. I don't think Mick Cronin played in the NBA. Um, So UCLA, Michigan, I mean, I would have never. I I could have picked 10 different brackets and I would have never had this matchup in the Elite Eight. Same thing with Oregon State, Houston. Never. Correct. I mean, the other two I can understand. Baylor, Arkansas, you know, not far fetched. And if yeah. if people actually paid attention to the teams rather than the seeds, Gonzaga, USC, I could have seen coming too because I was I was sure. one unbiased Dana Altman take away from having USC were, in there. So if I would have not been there, an idiot, staring at your Rubik's cubes, thinking, "Man, exactly, Dana Altman, what a uh, coach." Uh, yeah, this is going to be an interesting game. You think that UCLA has a chance, huh? I am picking them to win, yes. Okay. I I as much as I would love for Michigan to not make the final four and not have to listen to all those stupid Mason blues. Do on you Twitter. even listen to them though? I mean, come on. Oh, it's, I, it's, yeah, I, I go through them. It's like laugh. almost April. Like, who cares? I like, wish I wish that they had a dislike button on Twitter. I would dislike every comment they make. Um, I'm so glad I don't look at Twitter on the Illini feed. <laughs> oh, I never, never watch the Illini feed. But like I'm saying, like Hashtag the Illini podcast account. If yeah. I looked at the feed on there, I'd probably run into some Michigan propaganda, which probably. I don't. So True. I did tweet last night at 1 a.m. I said, I know it's 1 a.m., but next year's team is going to be so lengthy and athletic. Yeah, they're going to be able to run a zone next year. They're going to expand the I don't book. Know if Brad Underwood knows the zone. what a zone is. Let's just. Anyways. We run like a one-three-one, and no, nobody's time. ever running that. Why not? What is this? Nineteen ninety-two. Why can't we mix things up? It hasn't worked. <laughs> we haven't been, you know, at we haven't been to the Sweet Sixteen in oh, a million gosh. years. So come on. I, I don't fun. even know if I can do podcasts with you now. You just said that we need to run a one-three-one. But what about a anyways. what about a a one-one? There you go. One-one-three. One-one-six. Three guys on the baseline. <laughs> so three extra guys out there. 
Yikes. Press Virginia. Press every single time. That is one thing. Seven seconds or less more. offense. I can't believe it. But Seven seconds or less offense. I've been hearing that for how long? One pass shoot. One pass shoot. Anyways, uh, Michigan uh, <laughs> without no livers. livers has been impressive. I'm not going to lie. I, I have been impressed. Uh, you know, Sean D. Brown has stepped up. Uh, Scott's really stepped up for him. What's his name? Scott Brooks, Brooks Scott, whatever his name is. Yeah, uh, Scott uh, Brooks is the head coach of the Wizards. I believe it's Eli Brooks. <laughs> there we go. That guy, um, yep. he's really stepped up. I, uh, I don't know. I just don't see UCLA winning this game. Um, like I said, as much as I hate Michigan, uh, I, I don't see it happening. So, take Michigan. Give me UCLA. Give me, give me UCLA. Why they're gonna win? I think a big development for Michigan is that Shondi Brown actually knows how to shoot now. Yes. That helps. Brandon Johns has been pretty good. Um, yeah, he's he's came out of the woodwork. Yeah, I don't know. I just uh, I think the one Pac-12 team is going to get into the Final Four, and I think it's going to be UCLA. I think they're going to keep riding this wave. They That'd can be, score. They'd be, what, the first team since VCU to go from first four to Final Four? Back when Shaka Smart knew how to coach. I thought it was the first time ever, but. 2011. I'm pretty sure Shaka Smart. I'm going to find this out. Maybe maybe Shaka only made it to the lead eight. I don't know. They made it to a final four. Okay. Well, they were first. How did he never, did he never win a tournament game at Texas? Nope. Man. Not one. He's going to go win in Marquette, though. In Marquette. So the spreads, the spread on the two games tonight are both seven and a half. Houston and Baylor both seven and a half point favorites. Yeah, VCU got to the Final Four that year. They were in the same region as Illinois when Illinois lost to Kansas in the second round. Mm. Seven thanks, and a half tonight. Thanks, committee, for setting up all these awesome second round games for Illinois. We love them. Should have beaten Miami in twenty thirteen, but whatever. Um, sure. I think Oregon State covers Baylor. Arkansas doesn't. Is okay. it, that's the game for tonight, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. UCLA is going to win this game because that's what I said is going to happen, and I'm right. So okay. it's also impossible for me to go two and zero tonight because Mick Cronin aligns, aligns Rubik's for cubes, yes. uh, Connect Four. Chips. Yeah, he's good at that. He's really good at that. Uh, they have shot makers though. Like Michigan hasn't run into a team with like experienced, really good shooters that don't get out of control. Like I, LSU has really good shot makers, but they get out of control. And I would say that uh, Tiger uh, Campbell this? Campbell is a better point guard than Smith. Last year he was. This year he hasn't been, but I think going into this game he's been better in the tournament. And I think Jaime Jaquez is uh, one of the most underrated players left in the tournament. Just can absolutely score it. He hit that incredible three last night that, like, sealed the deal. That fadeaway. Yeah. Yeah. That was a sick three, and he's been great. Juzang, if he stays out of foul trouble, really good scorer. And Cody Riley apparently doesn't suck underneath you, though, in the first half. He was horrible. But he made some plays he at the was, end. Yeah, he was good at, at the end of the game. And you know what the hell, right? I mean, I like it. I don't know. Michigan will probably make it to the Final Four. It's usually, what they do, they actually usually make it to the national championship. Can you imagine if Michigan's the team that beats Gonzaga? No way. Oh God, please. I hope that doesn't happen. But you know, <laughs> I agree. I hate the fact the Elite Eight's on a Monday and a Tuesday. I think that's absurd. But whatever. Also agree. Do you think the committee will switch it back next year? Yes. I think they're going to as long as it's not all in one place again. No shot that's happening. You see that thing last night on TBS where they were talking about the NCAA and Charles Barkley was like talking about how bad the NCAA is and like how they, they're the worst administrators I, I ever. Tried to, I tried to uh... – you shared the tweet, but it was the volume was really weird on it. But and Andy Katz was like, because he works <laughs> for NCAA.com. Right. That's what, it's, what they say. Charles Barkley really trying to not ever have to come back to March Madness. It said, but he he like said something about you know players getting paid three years ago, and it was interesting. 
This is why Charles Brogan is one of the best and highest paid broadcasters in network TV sports. Only one at this high level willing to say this. Might just be his ticket out of doing these college shows. And yeah. someone said, how loud was the producer in his ear? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Charles is not know. one to hold back. Good. We need that kind of crap. We don't need this fake BS that all the other douchebags do. I agree. I don't, I don't hold back ever. I just said Mike Woodson was the worst hire ever. <laughs> and yeah, ever. how about that? So, I don't know. We got two games tonight, two games tomorrow. We'll talk about the Final Four, I guess, on Friday-ish, somewhere around there. And then the season's over next Monday. One week, season's over. Head coaching stuff in the we summer. Had a tournament, guys. Can you believe it? Yeah, it's been a terrible tournament. <laughs> It's actually been good for someone who, if, if someone one. didn't have a team in there. We had one, that's all. Yeah, like if you're someone who, if you're like a St. John's fan, they didn't make the tournament, you're watching it without a dog in the fight. Did you think that there would only be one team that got nixed from it? I thought there'd be zero. It? Okay. Thanks a lot, VCU. Yeah. It is. That VCU team would have lost like 30 to one. If VCU would have won, I wouldn't have picked Oregon last night. I'd still be alive. You should have wasted Gonzaga. No, that's a terrible pick. Uh, who would, I think I would have taken Houston tonight, right? Houston tonight, Michigan tomorrow. And then what? Then it's just. Then it's Gonzaga. Then it's Baylor. Then it's and Baylor. Then it's then it's Gonzaga. Gonzaga. Wow, you would have been the winner, huh? I would have won it all. How many people are left in that? Four, I think. You had a good run. Yeah, I think it's I was, I was out in round yeah. two. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But and your wife was out in like the first six hours. First round because we picked Purdue for her. That was solid solid choice by us. <laughs> Should have had the stones take like Wisconsin, even though they were a nine tree, you know. North Carolina had no chance in that game, but all right, we'll do a few days from now. We'll do Final Four stuff. Talk about that. We'll talk about the games that happened, and we're really going to go deep into these matchups because there's only going to be two games on Saturday. So, correct. The tournament is coming to an end, and that's that. And we'll be back Friday or whatever the thing is. I don't, I don't know how to outro anything ever. So I'm just kind of like 